0: I see
1: everybody it's november 30th it's the last day of november get your pinches and punches ready tomorrow it is friday so we got the best song ever taking you into the show you already know that It's the last day of November, meaning it's the last day for the t-shirt contest. Right now, seven people, Jake. There's seven people that have left a review. Well, we have a lot of ratings, which is very nice. Thank you. But we only have seven people that wrote a review in the month of November. So it's a very small pool. One of those seven is winning a free shirt from John Boy and Jake Radio. Today's your last day to get a review in. I'll wait it out for tomorrow. See if more come in. And you can be in the raffle. Right now it's 7 people. Well, welcome to John Boy and Jake Radio. I would introduce the host, but the name kind of does that for us. Kind of gets it all across. But I'm John Boy and you're Jake. Me? You're Jake.
2: I'm Jake. I am Jake. Yeah.
1: AKA Rocky, AKA Jakey Jokes, AKA the Flying Salami a.k.a. Human Meatball, a.k.a. Tony Danza, a.k.a. That Kid, a.k.a. Jakey 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 Jakes, and some others that we can't say on air.
2: Wow, hey. Okay, Friday then. Um, How are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, I'm good, yeah. Go uh, write a review. Say, uh, you know, we're ugly, we're short, Um, you like the show, Texas Forever,
1: um. Mm. Oh. Did you see my mug? Oh,
2: ah! Did you see my mug? Yeah, James.
1: Katie poured ported in this one. That's what, Texas forever. That's what Texas her. forever.
2: Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'd say most
1: people wear a shirt every day, so most people do. Yeah. Here's to God and football and living large in Texas. Mm. Texas forever, Street. Mm mm mm. So now we got that covered. I should put that in my soundboard. Texas forever. Sure. I don't say it as much as I do. How was your day yesterday, Jake? How was my day yesterday? It was blindsided me with that one. Um, you were you were busy. Didn't respond to any of my texts, so I'm guessing right. you were super busy. Wow. Um, I guess
2: we're just airing out our dirty laundry on the air now. Um, yeah, man, I was kind of getting lost in the interweb. Um, and then when I saw that you and Keith Law were having a fight, I had to get, jump in and separate you two hobbits.
1: I was trying, I was being very, as respectful as I could on presence. I, I, I drafted up a bunch of tweets in response to Keith Law that I, I then deleted, because I just didn't want to come off like a little wiener. Right. Dude, he, he. I mean, I'll say <laughs> And it's this weird mix because it's like, well, he'd be a good guest for talking yanks, and I w- and I don't want to be on Keith Law's bad side, and then someone else we try to get on talking yanks, and they ask Keith Law about us, and he's like, oh, ah, blah, blah blah. You know what I mean? Sure. So I like I just don't want to make enemies in that world because we're trying to enter it, and I want to be respectful. But Keith Law, like, is so smug.
2: Yeah, we. It it was almost. I I did jump in late. For me, it was a. Because that, that's where I went. You know, I, was, I was like, hey, do you want me to take this guy down? Because, you know, I've I've got less to lose. Um, and they're like, no, probably not worth it. And I was like, all right, well, you know. He was saying peacocky lines like, well, if you want to educate your listeners. And I was like, well, hey, it, if we want to educate him, why don't we hear it from the horse himself? So I invited him on. We'll probably talk to him soon. Um, <laughs> I think what if if you let me mastermind it, I think I would have tried to piss him off to the point that he would have said something like, why would I ever want to be a guest on your idiot show or something like that? So then we could tag Michael K., Ryan Rucco, and those guys and be like, oh, I don't know. So are you saying Michael K. and Ryan Rucco are fucking idiots?
1: <laughs> that's Get him in the old straw man mix. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's how I would have uh, rope-a-doped a little bit.
1: But uh, um, this was so for anyone that's listening has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, some someone said I was saying the wrong terms and like technically, schmacknically, I'm saying the wrong terms. But my thing is that my audience knows what I'm saying. It's all about in baseball. This is kind of boring. It's all about um, controlled team contracts versus arbitration, right? Because when talking about who the player gets to play for, there's six years of team control. Right. Now, when you talk about how much money the player makes, there's three years of team-controlled salary called pre-arbitration, and there's three years of arbitration where the salary is determined by an arbiter or you meet in the middle with the player based on his performance. Right. So I was saying, like, you can say Walker Bueller has three years of team control and then three years of arbitration when you're talking about his salaries. And Keith Law said, that's wrong. And I don't believe either founder of Sport Track has spent a day in any sports industry, not in a front office, not with the league, not even covering a league or team. So you make your choice. I told you how, how to best inform your listeners. And his tweet before that said, it's wrong. If, you're, if your goal is to communicate with and inform your listeners, then you should use team control and refer to all years until free agency. I don't know. Fuck it. It's boring. Cool. But there was once a picture of the Braves' 1990s team, sure, and it, they were having a reunion and uh, like having a, hosting a roundtable talk. And Keith Law quote tweeted it and said, uh, "I think I uh, wonder why the best Brave of all times not in this picture." Talking about um, Hank Aaron, ta- yeah, Hank Aaron, and trying to make it a race thing, right? And everyone's like, "But Hank Aaron didn't play on the '90s Braves," and then he just started blocking everyone, right? So Keith Laws, that's who Keith Law is, whatever. Yeah. I actually like some of his opinions and stuff.
2: Yeah, what's his life? Just watching minor league baseball videos?
1: And being super smug on the internet?
2: Like, that's what I was going to say. Like, what? What? What's, what's a day in his life? Does he work around ESPN? Does he have to go into the office? Does he just have a recliner? He watches minor league baseball and then ranks guys?
1: I don't know. That's kind of... You know, what's my life? But yeah, Here no. A book. But
2: I'm I'm saying no. I'm saying it in a cool way. But seriously, what's a day? What's the average day in the life for Keith Law?
1: I don't know. I got to get his book.
2: Not doing that.
1: I don't need a, I don't <laughs> need. I don't need any firewood. Okay. I I I just read his Twitter bio and it's pretty good. Okay, let's hear it. Like I'm laughing with him. Sure. He says, baseball writer, blogger, food lover, heavy reader, and board gamer. I can get down with all of those. Yeah. Then he said, joy removal machine. Ooh. So he knows he's just the fucking Debbie Downer. Right. Well, good for you, Keith. At least you know that. Yeah. That's how motherfuckers like him can win me over. Just know that you suck. What's the, uh,
2: is there a term for that? Because that's not even Napoleon. That's just like knowing.
1: Self-deprecating humor.
2: No, that's not self-deprecating humor. That's like knowing you're a little asshole that girls turned down for years, and a, almost every guy could kick your ass. But
1: Dweeb, I'd go with Dweeb.
2: Yeah, Dweeb's around there, I guess. It's like little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So we're cool. if you like talking Yanks, we're gonna have Keith Lawn soon, if you could tell.
1: He's coming on, along along with that fucking loser Mariner's beat reporter.
2: Uh, Marlins for Sorrow. Marlins. Joe for am
1: Sorrow. I, am, I, am I using John Boyne Jake Radio as, like, too much of a safe space?
2: Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe go fuck All yourself. Right.
1: All right. Well, on today's show, we got tri-state area national news, and we got voicemail. Silliest things you've ever had your emotions swayed heavily by. You want to get straight into the around the tri-state area news, Jake? I think so. Here we go. The Senators sought revenge on the Rangers and beat the Blue Shirts 3 to nothing. CCSU lost to North Carolina A&T Aggies, who supposedly stuck NyQuil into the central water bottles, causing the Blue Devils to only score 60 points. Come on, guys, play fair. The Mets and the Mariners made a big trade, or they're about to make a big trade. It's not a fish for yet. The Mariners will be sending Robinson Cano for five years and all his money, Edwin Diaz for four years and all his talent, and some cash for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, Jared Kalenek, And Justin Dunn, the last two are top prospects in the Mets' system. Interesting note, Van Wagen, the Mets' GM, was a former agent, and he negotiated the contract for Cano at Cano's agency. This just seems so wrong or weird or silly. I don't know. That's all we got. The trade's the big news.
2: Oh, disagree. Um, how, I hit the blue shirts quick. Is this like three straight losses, or did I miss a game somewhere? Do we know? I think no.
1: They they just beat the the Senators their last game.
2: Oh, okay. They um, played two in a row. Nice double senes. Um, now I
1: gotta check that because I might be wrong.
2: Yeah, I, su- I suppose the trades the news. We we still don't know all the details. I mean, something probably leaks. I mean, the Mariners still have to eat some
1: cake, especially if the Mets are giving prospects back, right? Yeah, the Mariners will have to eat some money. All, all the reporters are kind of agree- in agreement that these are the guys. No one's kind of saying otherwise. So right. I feel like these are probably the guys. Cashman never has it leaked this much yeah. before it's like official. Uh ah, maybe he did with Stan. Rangers have lost
2: three out of four. That's my bad.
1: Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm,
2: I'm kind of happy for the Mets, man. Like, Cano... Played pretty well when he played last year. It depends how much money the Mariners are going to eat because that contract is going to get really ugly. But they get, like, the best closer in the game from last year.
1: Yeah, but here they traded two of their top prospects. If you break it down, like, bad contracts and older players, so Bruce Swarzak for Cano. Right. And money. And then Edwin Diaz, who's a young top closer, four years of control, cheap, for two rookies. Could you have gotten more for those rookies? Well, they're not, then even, I,
2: they're not even rookies, Jim. I mean, the Kellinick guy, he's supposed to be a good prospect, but he's 19 years old.
1: That's what I was just getting at. I looked at their numbers. One, Kellinick is 18 and not even out of rookie ball. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with baseball, it goes rookie ball, A ball, A-plus ball, double A, triple A, major leagues. Uh, and then the other guy is 22 years old, and he's never played a game at triple A, and, um, I mean, this is my personal opinion. I don't give a fuck about 18-year-old prospect.
2: Right. That's why I thought you'd like this trade a lot. Cause, I mean, they're... I do.
1: I do. At first, well, I, I heard it was top, top prospects in their system. Ah. And in my brain just goes to like Major League, ready, almost there, kind of proven that they have the talent through some phase. Right. But the kid's not at a rookie ball. He hasn't proven a thing. Yeah,
2: I mean that's uh, this is when we need Keith Law on the show. Um,
1: Kid hasn't even proven he's a good double A baseball player yet. I have no, I mean he could be amazing, right? And eventually, but right now it's the biggest unknown. I I I like this trade too. I think the Mets very hard because I want to make fun of the Mets and Van Wagen and all this shit. But Cano, Cano can still play. He is an aging infielder still. Um. I feel like they're still acting kind of small market and like within a budget when they can be just go sign people. They have the money. They're a big market team.
2: Well, that was a funny thing, and I I don't know. You and I are getting sucked more and more into the New York sports world just on the Twitter sphere. But I, you know, I saw them getting some some crit critis, criticism. That's the word, Jim. Um, and they were like, you know, why? You know, there's a bunch of relievers that are free agents. Why don't the Mets just get these guys? And it's like, well. If the Mets do still get one or two of those guys, they've now made their bullpen a strength or so much stronger. And like that's the goal. So like I I don't know. I just I I just think a lot of the people that tweeted that, if the Mets still go out and get a reliever or two, which I think they're gonna, they're gonna be the people tweeting out like, Wow,
1: Mets really transformed their bullpen. What what a what a what a great job. So yeah, I don't know. And also, they got a second baseman now for the next two years. And then after that, Cano, who knows? But I think for two years, you can be happy with what Cano's doing. So offensive numbers are still there. Oh, yeah. You got a, you got a closer, and you didn't trade anyone that's going to help the team in the next three years. Yeah. I mean, they're – So if they're trying to win now, now they still have the pitching, and there's rumors that they're shopping Syndergaard. They need to trade Syndergaard for another, like, stud uh, bat younger good bat and then i think i can't really knock what they're doing because we were knocking them when they were keeping all their pitchers and refusing to get good position players and bullpen help now they're using they're using what they have which is 18 year olds who have good upside and good proven starting pitchers who are got a couple years on the contract left to, to help whatever it's a good move yeah i don't hate the mets either i like laughing at them and but Ed Ed had our friend Ed who's a Mets fan had a funny point Jay Bruce's life the last 3 years. Yeah. They traded the Mets traded for him to help them in the playoffs. Then they were bad so they traded him to go help the Indians in the playoffs. Then he was a free agent and somehow the Mets swayed him back. And he played last year on just the garbage Mets team and now they're like go to Seattle for another rebuilding team. Not as bad as Starlin Castro getting toyed around because yeah. one of them was Bruce's call. He signed with the Mets, but pretty shitty or funny or odd situation.
2: Yeah, and he probably, if he does decent in Seattle, he probably gets traded at this deadline. So pretty, uh, pretty crazy life being an athlete. Like, yeah, everyone looks at Jay Bruce's, you know, $47 million contract and gets jealous of that. But a lot of people like being comfortable in their spot and... <laughs> Jay Bruce is not comfortable. No. But, I mean, maybe he'll like Seattle. Jay Bruce like Seattle is, is
1: comfortable not. Seattle's a place a lot of people like. Yo, did you see Zach Granke's no trade list that just got published? No. Oh, man. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Real real effing quick. So, I love no trade clauses. I you, don't know why. Did you say North Carolina A&T
2: snuck NyQuil into CCSU's water bottles?
1: Well, I can't figure another reason why they would beat them, and CCSU only put up 60. Okay. Just so I'm kind of – it's a little bit of a guess, but – Let's just checking, Educated. Uh, Zach Granke's no trade list. I love no trade lists. It's just so funny when you're there on the receiving end of one, and the guy's just like, I'm not going there. Like, Matt Holiday had one team on his no trade list, the Oakland A's. I'll go to any of the other 28 teams you want to trade me to, but I'm not going to Oakland. That's hilarious. Listen to Zach Granke's no-trade list. Orioles, Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, the entire AL East, Reds, Rockies, Tigers, A's, Padres, Giants, Cardinals, Angels, Dodgers, Twins, Phillies. You got half the league written out. Now you can say it's some of its posturing, so they sweeten the pot or whatever, but that's the longest no trade list I've ever seen a player have.
2: Well, I mean, normally the no trade clause limits all teams, so a lot of players will come out and say, I only want to go to team A, B, or C
1: true like Giancarlo only had four teams that he would go to last year so essentially
2: that's the other 26 teams on the no trade list I think I think that's funny and there was another one that came out recently I want to say they only picked like five teams or something
1: yes yeah I saw that one they only picked five teams and it was just like shitty teams it was Blue Jays it was Rays Marlins um who was it though that's the more important part. I'm
2: blanking on that.
1: I'm going to I'm going to Google I'm going to search on Twitter no trade list Rays Marlins cuz I know they were on there. But that and w- Oakland Oakland was on there as well.
2: But that was the funniest part to me cuz I think they only had 5 teams, which I think that's hilarious.
1: I think it was Bruce's.
2: It could have been actually. Yeah.
1: I think it was Bruce. Uh if I type in Bruce Rays, Marlins. I wonder if that.
2: Oh, I think I might. I found a link.
1: Eight team no trade list. Oh, that was in 2016. Whatever.
2: Yeah, that no, holiday is 2018. So yeah, he was for the present season. Bruce can block deals to the Tigers, Marlins, A's, Rays, and Blue Jays. <laughs> he, but p- that's totally wait, respectable. wait. Listen to this, Jim. You're gonna like this. He had previously listed the Orioles and Mariners in place of Detroit and Miami, but now Bruce can be dealt to Baltimore or Seattle without his permission. Say that again. He had previously listed the Orioles and Mariners in place of Detroit and Miami, but now Bruce can be dealt to Baltimore or Seattle without his permission. So he changed it? So he had Seattle and... He had Seattle and Baltimore on the no-trade list, and he swapped in Detroit and Miami. Funny. And then he gets traded to Seattle. So
1: That's a respectable no-trade list for a veteran. Like, I don't want to go to a rebuilding team. Yeah. I don't want to go to the Rays. I don't want to go to blah, blah.
2: So that's, I I like that a lot.
1: People that didn't follow the two, 2017 Yankees that listened to John Boyne Jake Radio... Fun tidbit. Matt Holliday had one team on his no-trade clause, the Oakland A's. Earlier in his career, he got traded there and finished the season there and just hated the conditions because it's like a shitty ballpark and everything about it so much. It was his one team. He was having a great 2017 first half. The Yankees go out west. He goes to Oakland. Matt Holliday catches mono on his trip through Oakland, misses the remainder of the of the basically the remainder of the 2017 season so he should have just said not only can you not trade me to oakland i'm not fucking going ever ever all right national news here we go
2: thursday night football did you see this one jim nfc matchup your dallas cowboys actually your dad's a low-key cowboys fan uh they beat the saints jim the saints had won 10 in a row the favorites in the nfc they get beat 13 to 10 shut out in the first half with the best scoring offense in the league they got stuffed on fourth and goal at, at their shotgun handoff to Kamara. Um, and then they just, you know, it's funny how a football game could go downhill quick and it went downhill quick. Now cowboy fans won't shut up till the end of the year. They're seven and five. Nathan Peterman, your boy, Jim, to try out with my Denver Broncos next week. So uh, I don't know, John Elway part two. Raptors beat the Warriors, uh, you think? Imagine that. to in overtime. Toronto will think it's a big win. Steph Curry didn't play. And that's (laughs) the news.
1: Cowboys won, huh? I'm going to be a moment of honesty here. I didn't know that. Didn't watch a second and didn't do any research because I was researching other things for the show this morning. Sucks one of the saints to win.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah. Saints got shut out in the first half. They did, uh, the year the Cowboys were good. They did that game plan. They just ball controlled the whole game. They just kept like, they keep getting the third and two. Um, Dak had a big scramble. Uh, Zeke was kind of doing his thing. Uh, there was the moment where you thought they'd floundered it. Uh, they were like chewing clock and they were either going to score to put the game away or score, and have very little time left. Dak fumbles. Uh New Orleans gets it and then Drew Brees threw a pick like two plays later. So it was um I don't know it's just surprising. It was, it became very ugly football. Um everyone you were waiting for the Saints to have a big play or Dak to make a mistake. It didn't really happen. So um yeah, I mean it it was a nice win at home for the Cowboys. It's just uh I mean I I can't really imagine sports talk today because it's going to be it's going to be everyone's number two person on the show jumping on and saying the cowboys can win the super bowl this year
1: maybe they can eagles of last year
2: yeah but no 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 They had nick Foles, bro
1: you know some people have divisional pride oh yeah like like uh giants like there's some old giants fans out there well, if I, the Giants aren't gonna do it, I'd rather someone from the uh, AFC East do it. Divisional pride.
2: <laughs> yeah. But
1: then other people, most people are like, "Fuck them." It's a rival. Yeah, that's that's the generic. I get the old school one. I
2: don't hate it, but yeah, it's weird.
1: I like the one like if if they beat you, you can root for them to win because then you lost to the best. I subscribe to that. Although in the, in the I didn't like it. In the MLB, because it was the Red Sox. But any other team, I'd like to lose to the best. Like 2017, the Yankees lost to Houston. Right. Oh, I, I definitely have... Okay, I definitely 100% have league pride in right. the MLB. I always root for the AL. Right. If the NL got rid of pitchers hitting, I think I wouldn't... I would I wouldn't, That pride wouldn't be as much there, which is maybe why they like having the pitchers hit. Yeah, Maybe. It makes league pride in the debate and all that shit. It's so stupid. There you go. It's so stupid. And that's all I had to say about that. You wanna talk about your buddy
2: Peterman? You think Why are
1: the Broncos giving him a shot?
2: Uh why why are boobs good? Why why is a rainbow good? But for real. It's a good quote. I don't know, man. Uh they well. It sucks. So they brought in Keenum, uh, and they really liked Swag Kelly, their backup. And then Swag Ke- Kelly has too much fun on Halloween, and gets the boot from the team, which means he Were was you invited pre- to his party. I was not. Uh, I was Von Miller's party. But uh, mm. Case Keenum, I think he he stumbled into a a lady's home that had a husband, and yeah, it turned into a whole thing.
1: That's- not Case Keenum, Swag Kelly.
2: Swag Kelly, yeah. Uh, so Keenum's been meh. Eh, he actually hasn't me, been me, terrible. Me, um they c- they could have won a couple more games than they did pretty easily, but um so yeah, they're they're uh I guess looking to solidify the backup spot and uh yeah, why not bring in this sexy fifth round pick that started the year for the Bills? Oh, the only problem is he's been easily the worst quarterback ever.
1: The worst ever john ralphio the worst the ever worst. it'd be really cool if he was good
2: but like you can't sh- you can't shake that ever no you can't shake how bad he he's been
1: he's so bad he's getting a lot of run on john boy and jake radio there was some
2: stat it was on the Lebetard show that if aaron Rodgers, what'd you just threw, call him what's that
1: what'd you just call him
2: dan levitard
1: Oh, oh, I thought it was a mixture of lesbian and retard you were trying to call. Oh, no,
2: well, now you're on the hook for that. Make that a sound clip. Um, but they said that if Aaron Rodgers throws, I think it was like 1,200 straight interceptions, he would still have a better quarterback rating than Nathan Peterman.
1: I love fun with numbers. Fun with numbers. The most fun with numbers is the Wayne Gretzky and his brother stat. Right combined for the most points in NHL history and his brother has three. Amen. Hey. Good points. Good points. Best brother duo of all time. Sucks sucks for like the other brother duos that actually have, you know, accrued a lot of points. And they would be the number one brother duo if Wayne Gretzky wasn't playing a generation below him. You know how they talk about they talk about what baseball would look like if you put Pedro Martinez back down in the 1930s and he was pitching against them. Right. Uh, That, what Barry Bonds would do to the pitchers of the 1940s. Right. That's what Wayne Gretzky did to the NHL. Yeah. Like, we took a player from five decades ahead of himself and plopped him into play a bunch bunch of old men who just played, like, ticky-tacky hockey and Wayne Gretzky just fucked up the whole league.
2: Ticky-tacky, zig-zaggy, oi-oy-oy um are any of these guys are like isn't aren't Crosby and Ovechkin kind of gonna land near some of Gretzky's numbers I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit (laughs) I I mean I I have
1: no I have no idea yeah I think maybe um, maybe some of his numbers Gretzky holds the record for most records in the NHL I think he holds like six the two numbers popping at 60 records or 100 records that he still holds yeah that sounds about right um he could have never scored a goal and still would lead the NHL in points, I believe.
2: Yeah. I I think that's that's the fun fact. Um Yeah. What a nut job. What's that? What a nut job. What a nut job. To be He had to be bored. I don't know. I think he's a he's a he's a stone cold killer, Jim.
1: Imagine like Gretzky tried to become a head coach. There's no way that would work because like Gretzky, dude, I know that you worked hard and like you are really good at your craft, but you can't. What do you? What can you teach us? Right. Why don't you guys just go out there and be the best ever? That's yeah. what I did. Amen. Gretzky, I think you had a leg up. You were the best ever. Hard work. Run a mile.
2: Run a mile. Um. Yeah, Crosby's got a lot of points. I guess Mario Lemieux got was was close in in point. Oh, that's points per game. Excuse me.
1: Poop-a-Mario. Um, I don't know. All right, well, Talking I'm hockey. Gonna, I'm going to call it. <whistles> halftime. Jake, I have a fun fact for your halftime. Okay. That I, I just I just read Um, on the internet. Reddit. I'm a big Reddit guy. I just like reading nonstop. I don't play any games on my phone. I just read history subreddits because I'm a loser. Anyway, this is an interesting one. Wyoming wanted to become part of the U.S. in like 1890, whatever it was, and the U.S. said, and th- they said, uh, "We're only going to become part of the U.S. if you allow us to come and uh, women are allowed to vote in Wyoming." And the U.S. was like, "Women voting in this country? You fucking dipshits! No way." Why, so they why said, "No." Why would you let
2: them do that?
1: Yeah, were you nuts? Those dumb idiots. Anyway. They that was the people of the US, not me, obviously. Right. Wyoming said, We will we will wait a hundred years. We'll never join your union unless women can vote. And then they were like, Okay, fine, whatever. You can have your women voting. Yeah. Pull the curtain back. The women to men ratio was six to one in Wyoming. And this was a ploy just to get single chicks to be like, oh, they let us vote here. Let's go over there and get some women into their state. So, you know, just just history. A lot of nice deeds. You look back and it's just horny guys.
2: Yeah. A lot of horny guys have, have done a lot of things in this world. And I think go, um,
1: go out to Wyoming to like become a mountaineer in gold rush. And you get there and you're like, fuck, there's no girls here. I didn't think of that. I think I've said this before, but my one trip to Casper, Wyoming,
2: they they're like, "Oh, it's your first time in Casper, you know, you know the you know the famous phrase." It's like, obviously, I do not. <laughs> Grew up in Connecticut. <laughs> I know nothing. And they go, "Well, the rule in Casper is behind every tree there's a pretty girl," and there's like no trees in Casper. <laughs> it's oh, just, it's just wide open. So that actually made me laugh because that's that's a good phrase. It's a good joke, um, and yeah, man, my- I've got. I don't know if we want to do a quick million-dollar idea at halftime, um, but my my milady came home the other day, and uh, she was like, you know, ha- having a tough week. Couple coworkers, family members die, all that stuff. Uh, just just bad times, and that's fine, and that's life a little Hard bit. But times she was, and then she said something like, you know, I just. Just, just wish I could read more and spend more time with the dog and, and that kind of stuff. And I was like, can, can we do that with bars? Like, why isn't there, like, a dog wine book bar that's, like, clearly marketed to women that they'll... Well, I shouldn't say that because it's 2018, but a lot of women enjoy those three things. And then, Jim, if you bring the women anywhere, the creeps are going to roll through. Yeah,
1: that's why I like ladies drink for free night.
2: So, so that's million dollar idea. Everyone's welcome. There's,
1: there's 12 dog friendly bars and patios in Denver.
2: Yeah, Denver's watering- actually got strict rules on it. Dallas, you could bring your dog everywhere.
1: Yeah, because Denver cares about people and Dallas doesn't. Denver right. cares about the plighted, allergic to dogs people that I am.
2: Well, we don't want you at our bar.
1: I don't want to be there. It's perfect. Yeah.
2: It's the perfect dynamic. You're bringing together dog lovers, wine lovers, book lovers, and creeps. <laughs> Is that a Jim Henson song?
1: Yeah. Uh, you told that joke about the trees in Wyoming. Sure. My dad told me a Polish joke. I was talking to Luke and my dad about like how did Polish jokes e- come to exist. Sure. Like, when, how did they become the brunt of the joke? And uh, real quick, it's the Nazis made jokes about the Polish people, and then all the communists in Hollywood reiterated those jokes in Hollywood, which then spread throughout the whole course of America in the 1950s. Anyway, my dad told me a Polish joke I'd never heard before, and I liked it a lot, so I'm going to tell you now. All right. What did the suicidal Polish man say when his wife walked into the room and he had his gun to his own head? I don't know. You better not say anything or you're next.
2: Yeah. It's a good joke. I'm Polish, Jim, so.
1: Are you? Yeah. No, you're not. Are you got a little bit of Polish in you? Yeah.
2: Quarter Polish, dude. Nice. So that's really fucked up.
1: How's it feel to be a dumb piece of shit?
2: Every day. That's why I'm here.
1: Second half of the show. No silly news today, but we do have some voicemails, some things to do. We did silliest thing you've ever cried over, or just silliest thing. You ever got your emotions so swayed? Jake, you said it yesterday, uh, you uh, the m- maddest Jess has ever seen you, who is your girlfriend, was when you lose the remote. I once was cooking at a barbecue at uh, my little brother's friend's baseball team. All came over our house in Connecticut, and I was, like, cooking by the barbecue. I put my phone on the railing, and then I had to leave, probably to go hang out with you or someone. Sure. I couldn't find my phone, and it was, like, 30 minutes, and I could not find my phone. And I remember being on top of the patio and just punching the railings. And all of Luke's family friends like looked at me like, whoa.
2: Yeah.
1: I was freaking out. And it was right on, on the railing. That's how I found it. Hide the knives. So, hide the knives. I love that saying. Uh, that's like mostly all I got. I get mad at myself a lot. I was trying to think. Oh, oh, I have one from when I was little, which my, like my parents would laugh about. But it's not in my memory system, because. I don't, but I, I've been told it. Sure. And I saw it on video a lot. You know, well, on holidays, on Christmas, Easter, when you have presents downstairs, I always wanted to be the one to wake everyone else up. Okay. Because it always feels good to deliver that good news. Like, Courtney, get up. Britsey, get up. Right. There's presents down here. And one year, my parents and my sisters promised me that I would be able to do it. Right. <laughs> Which doesn't even make sense. But Courtney did it. So the whole home video is like six-year-old me. I thought I was gonna be the one that got to wake everyone up. And I just crying my eyes out. But I was a little kid. You're trying to yeah, you're trying to deliver good news. Yeah, dude, being the person that gets to wake you up on Christmas. Hey Jimmy, Jimmy, it's Christmas. Like, oh yeah. Like you get to make people happy. You
2: should also be happy that your sibling was able to do that, though. Uh Courtney always got to do everything. Wow. Big sister syndrome. <laughs> have well, you have right. you ever watched anyone at a at a sushi place start just crying because Ice Age Two is on?
1: Oh my God! Yeah, Jake and I were uh, hungover filming our web series, Grown Losers. So long days of work, yeah, and then drinking at night. We went and got sushi probably like 11 a.m. and I can't see the TV, and I'm hanging out with Jake, and he just has water in his eyes. And it was because Ice Age Two was on TV on mute, and he was just watching it and remembering how much he liked Ice Age Two. I think that's what was doing it.
2: No, I'd I'd never seen the movie. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was just beautiful. I mean, it was it was it was it, was, it was Ray Romano. It was Queen Latifah. Uh, you had you the whole hear. cast was back. I don't know. It was just like a beautiful movie. Um, you know. It's it's bringing people together, and that's what I'm rooting for.
1: Nice. I found some on the inter- interwebs. Yes. And a lot of them were pregnant women because, you know, their emotions are crazy. And this was the top answer, and it's it's pretty funny. I was pregnant and wanted ice cream. I full-on sobbed when the ice cream was too hard to get out of the tub. That is a frustrating feeling when you put the spoon in there and the spoon just bends. Then I sobbed because my husband was so nice and got me ice cream. Five minutes after that, I sobbed because I didn't want it anymore and sobbed because my wonderful husband ate it for me. Being pregnant sounds like a fun time, but a a terrible time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I eliminate pregnancy from anything that can be silly because I think just everything's out the window. Like, that's... Like there, there's no rule. It's wild west.
1: Oh, it's acceptable to have these emotions when you're pregnant. Yes, uh, apparently, but it's still funny.
2: That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean, you anything goes when you're pregnant. I uh, just the craving to shove a beat up my ass. I, okay, maybe not everything goes. Then yeah, you're not allowed to drink. But if someone roller wanted to coasters, eat a beet, are,
1: roller coasters are frowned upon.
2: If someone wanted to eat a beat, you'd be like, okay, I guess you're pregnant and you want to eat a
0: beat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, All right, let's, let's go to a voicemail. Hey,
0: John Boy and Jake. This is Vin from Tampa. Uh, just calling in for John Boy and Jake Radio. Uh, the, the silliest sports thing I ever got upset about was the 2007 Yankees. Uh, that was the first year I really wanted to die hard fandom. So just seeing them lose to the Indians because of the Nat game and everything, I just remember I stayed at home for a week because of that. Crying, and I didn't leave my bed. And then non-sports was the first time I ever saw Edward Scissorhands. Uh, I tried for about an hour because I distorted the fact that he couldn't give a high five. And I was about six at the time, so that was a pretty traumatic event for me. Uh, I love the show and love to hear you comment.
1: The first one is sports, and it's the 2007 Yankees, who got eliminated in the LDS. They couldn't beat Cleveland. Chin Ming Wong blew up. And uh, the the bug game with Jabba Chamberlain. Right. I was freshman in college. We both were. I remember watching this in the dorms in California with people who didn't care at all. Right. And it was like, it sucked because I cared so much. Also, for the Yankee fans that are listening, 2007 was supposed to be... Like, it was such a fun year. Jabba came up. Hughes came up. Right. It was the youth movement with the, the veterans still. Kano, Jeter, Matsui, Melky, Bobby Abreu, Giambi, Posada. Like, that was supposed to be... We were supposed to go far in the playoffs. It was supposed to be like a good year. And then fucking the bugs and all that shit. Got got. Got got. But his second one is actually I really like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Couldn't give a high five. And that just broke him down. That's a bummer. I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands in a while, but totally not up my alley of a movie. I think it might be, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I went into it. I'm not going to like this. And then they do make you feel really bad for Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Like, what a weird fucking movie. Let's make a guy who's got scissors for hands, and we're going to have the audience feel really bad for him. Yeah. Okay, make that. And then they make it, and it's, like, kind of beautiful.
2: Yeah. He's got these brilliant skills, I'm sure. I'm sure people have something to learn on it. Movies are tough for me, man, as as we just talked about with the Ice Age thing. Ice Age 2, excuse me. Um, Man, they're... Any movie that's almost not a pure comedy, I'm probably gonna cry at some point.
1: Yeah, I hit the age where I, I cry a lot.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously anything that has a sad moment in it. Yes, but um,
1: I'm more of a happy crier. We're both we're both got the Italian jeans, The Italian men cry.
2: Yeah. What brand do you have? Levi. Can you name a pair of Italian jeans right now? No. Yeah, I couldn't either, but I feel like we should.
1: Can you... I can name... This is with all the jeans I can name. Wrangler, Levi, Lucky, Seven. That's all I got.
2: Yeah, you kind of had me beat. Um, I guess, like, the brands that we know do make men's jeans that we would never get, like Armani, Gucci, Versace. Um. But, yeah, how about that? We both have Italian genes, but we don't own Italian genes. Fun language.
1: Yeah, do you know diarrhea is hereditary? Excuse me? Diarrhea is hereditary.
2: Didn't know that.
1: Runs in the genes. Oh, boy. Next voicemail. Hey, Jimmy and Jake. It's uh, JP calling in for the John Boy and Jake radio show. Yeah, the weird thing that I get super upset about is got to be when I'm watching like Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune and the contestant that kind of seems like they might be a loser doesn't win and it just makes me like super sad for at least an hour and I never really understood why. It's like, I don't know, doesn't affect my life at all and they probably have a spilling life, but I just see them and it just makes me sad. All right, thanks. Love the show, guys. JP coming in full of empathy. Yeah. For the guys on Jeopardy, they probably study their whole life, random facts, all this shit. They finally get, like, they submit to Jeopardy, they finally get the call, and then they just get beat. And then it's over. Like, what's your life now?
2: Right. That's everyone's biggest fear, the fear of failure.
1: Yeah. You know? JP, uh, you're internalizing fear of failure on Jeopardy. But I'm with you. I mean, I've never actually been swayed over Jeopardy because I kind of like laughing at the people because they're so weird. They're, they're characters, but I understand completely. I've done it probably with my own weird shit.
2: Right, but for them, it's, I, I mean, the big thing that always jumps out, and I I think for a lot of people that think they're comedically humorous, you know, I think the common phrase is people saying like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm pretty funny, but yeah, I would I'd never get up there and do stand-up, whatever. But I think it's because if you go up and you do stand-up and you're terrible... Like, how can you tell people you think you're funny anymore? It's true. So that's the Jeopardy thing, like, someone either thinking they're smart or being their whole life, like, yo, if I got on Jeopardy, I would crush people. And then they go, they have their shining moment, and they flub it, they land in the negative, and it's just like, oh, boy. That's what you were built on for 42 years, Steven.
1: (laughs) Some dude on Jeopardy the other night said the same answer. Like, the girl said, what are reparations? And then he – she was like Trebek was like wrong, and then the next guy buzzes. What are reparations? Trebek goes wrong, <laughs> <laughs> still wrong. And then he goes, oh oh oh, <laughs> he realized it too late. Did you see the
2: uh, man? Our our buddy uh, Sheedy posted it, and I I retweeted. It. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I'll I'll have to find it. Uh, but it was it was some like pop culture category, and it was either about a rapper or something, and. Th- or no, it was Uncle Cracker and they showed a picture of him and they're like, This this performing artist has hits in country, pop, and something else. And they showed his picture and the first person guessed Kid Cudi.
1: I mean, they're just trying to I guess they're just trying to think of people who have different genres of music. So But yeah. They I mean, when you're out on a topic, you're out on topic. Gotta to throw a guess out there.
2: Gotta get, gotta get them points.
1: Uncle Cracker had the biggest rope a dope album ever because he had that first song, all about um, what was it like a love song? Like a it was like a love triangle, cheating on someone. It was soft. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, not really. You don't remember the big Uncle Cracker song?
2: I mean, he had a couple. Uncle Cracker was cool for a while. You're right. I, I think that was the whole point of the question, which I, I just tagged you on Twitter on the, the actual video. Um, let's, let's get some Uncle Cracker IMDb. Oh, yeah.
1: You don't know
0: how you met me. You don't know why you can't turn around and say goodbye. All you know is when I'm with you. I make you free and swim through your veins like a fish in the sea. I'm singing, Follow follow me, me, everything everything is all right. I'll be the one. So, this is like a very smooth, nice, loving song. Yeah.
1: Um, Then the rest of the album is like raunchy rap. And I remember my mom and my aunt heard that song back in 2004 and bought the whole album. The rest of the albums like
0: said something
1: you can't see.
0: I got everything I ever wanted and I'll never give that back. Oh, I know you hate that back to blood. You ain't gotta look at me like that. I think you ain't gotta look at me
1: like that. Biggest rope of dope album going. Single was completely different than the rest of the album. Maybe it made some people cry, like Uncle Cracker fooled me.
2: Yeah. I uh... here's a s
1: here's a story for do you have something on that?
2: No, you keep rolling.
1: Quick story from the internet. This dude got in trouble. He's a senior in college. He's trying to graduate. Uh, he got caught with a pound of weed. He goes to jail, right? And then while he's while he's um, rehabbing, gets caught again. So he gets locked up for six weeks. And he says, right when they put the cuffs on me, I made the choice. I wouldn't break. They wouldn't break me, no matter what. I wouldn't let any emotion come through or appear weak inside. I went in stone cold and just said, "Fuck it." All emotion is my enemy. I didn't drop a single tear throughout it all. So I'm halfway through. I'm three weeks in. Surprisingly, I fit in well with the jail environment. It's just a bunch of Missouri criminals playing spades, trading war stories, hanging out. No tears, no emotion. I'm good. They haven't broke me. And then I fucked up and I rented Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone from the Rolling Library. And the most traumatic experience I had in the three-month period, couldn't even get my, the most traumatic experiences he had, couldn't get his eyes even remotely misty. But God damn it, if I didn't weep like a baby on my concrete cot when Dumbledore awards Neville Longbottom 10 points to win the House Cup for standing up to his friends.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, Neville, for, Neville Longbottom is the Jeopardy guy we just talked about.
1: So he, so he, I don't know anything. So Harry Potter did something nice or well, no, Dumbledore ne- did something I, nice?
2: Neville's just your generic, like, goofball guy. Um, like long, lanky, not athletic, always seemingly stumbling and bumbling. But you know, he ends up like, yeah, I I won't give away too many spoilers. He, he ends up being a hero in multiple ways, but, um, yeah. And this, this was a classic moment. This was the guy who this, this was the quirky guy that you'd be like, yo, you should go on Jeopardy. Like this would be really good for you. Maybe get out of the house. You're really smart. You're funny. Like they'd love you on Jeopardy. And then he goes on Jeopardy and he like he's in he's in the mix and he like blows the final answer but the other person bet it all cuz Neville was too nervous to bet everything so Neville ends up winning on a loss and you're like Neville Longbottom!
1: <laughs> well I mean so yeah I mean it's funny cuz like that's the example of like having the worst things happen to you but they don't break you and then a fucking book I re- I was writing a young adult book. So I read a bunch of young adult books to see like kind of like, you know, how deep they go, what it's about and shit like that. Sure. And I rented this one fucking something about a turtle from the 1980s, like 200 page book. And I was just trying to see what this prominent young adult author style was. Fucking it's about a brother who's uh, got a younger brother. That's like removed just like Luke and I, you know. And at the end of the book, the younger brother died. No, Now was just fucking weeping. Like, why? What the hell is this? This is the only time a book made me legitimately cry. It blindsided me. And it was so close to home. This one's pretty good. I had a dream that I had a beautiful daughter. I freaking adored her. I woke up, cried in the shower. Dreams can be powerful. Are you ready for this? I think so. So I got an
0: interesting situation uh comparatively for your question so let's just say that uh for my happiness weird happiness feeling if i'm standing in front of the subway and the doors open in front of me before it stops that's a big moment no reason why i get that happy teacher from new york here but i'm telling you you feel great in that moment there's no reason for it though bye
1: do you know what he's talking about? No, gets me is, up a little bit. He's standing in front of the subway, and in New York, they don't like label where the doors are going to be. In California, they do, so you know where the doors are going to be. So everyone just stands around, and you are hoping the door opens right in front of you. So if you peg the spot perfectly, and the subway stops, and the door opens right in front of you, it almost feels like grand, like that subway came just for you. Like you look around, you are like, I got the spot. This is my subway. I have to go in first. It's a big feeling. So say that one more time.
2: I'm sorry. All right. You gonna listen? I'm gonna let sorry, the Mets details just broke. There's sixty million going. So I was I was trying to do that math in my head. So now I'm listening.
1: Okay. He's waiting for the subway. Yeah. There's no in New York they don't mark out where the doors are gonna be. I know in California they do, so everyone knows where the door's gonna open. Oh, okay. So you're just taking your shot and the subway comes up. And the door opens right in front of you. Yeah. And it almost feels like this is my subway. Like, like it's, a, it's like the two doormen in Titanic opening the door for you. Like, here we go. You're first in line. You walk around. Like, this is mine. I'm pegged it. Yeah. So it is It is a good feeling. There's weird shit like that. Like, uh, about to break, about to break for a red light, and then it turns green, and you don't even have to break at all right, like right that's a good feeling break yeah right before you hit the feeling oh oh good it feels like oh they're letting me through yeah like that was for me
2: permission granted yeah so that's a
1: good that's a good call by teach i was like feeling there like
2: a wheel of fortune type thing like you see the wheel spinning and you're like okay where's it gonna land where's it gonna land it starts to slow down when you see that subway coming and it's slowing down mm-hmm. you get excited
1: i think i got it i think I yeah. Got it.
2: Today's the day. And then it usually goes a little long, and you're like, oh, come on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get so happy. It's like two people down. The next guy's beaming. You're like, fuck.
2: God, he's going to have a great day.
1: (laughs) All right. That takes us into mascot matchups on Friday. You guys remember the mascot matchups. What's this one? Ooh. Nope. Oh, dude, I don't know what any of these buttons mean. Whoa mascot matchup i gotta get better at this i gotta get better at the soundboard anyway there's some good ones today jake and uh i chose them so i don't know if you think they're good but the coastal carolina chanticleers chanticleers excuse me Vers the coastal carolina chanticleers versus the south carolina gamecocks what's it what's a chantileer Chantelier. Chantelier. Chanticleer. I just I just researched it. That's how I know. I would have said. It. They're both roosters. Oh. Coastal Carolina used to be uh, like a pathway school, like a two-year extension school of South Carolina. So they changed their mascot in the 70s, and they wanted to do something of the same thing. So the Gamecocks is a rooster, so they made theirs a Chanticleer, which is a rooster from the Canterbury Tales. So we got two Carolina Roosters, two South Carolina Roosters, matching off this weekend. Now, the definition of a Gamecock is a rooster of the domestic chicken trained for fighting. And the definition of a Chanticleer is a proud and fierce rooster who dominates the barnyard. Chanticleers are also really good at crowing. The, mm. roosters ha- the rooster, the a magnificent voice, which is why a group of like men singing is also called uh, a Chanticleer hmm. chorus of male singers. I mean, so who do you who do you got in the Carolina rooster?
2: From off? this, you'd lean Chanticleer because it's defined as the proud, fierce rooster. But Jim, I think I'm going with the gamecock, just from the. It it's kind of like the the movie scene. Like you you've got the the family pet dog against like a wolf in the wild and you're like, "Oh shoot, that wolf's going to mess him up. Like he's a wild wolf." But the wolf like takes out the dog and now he's about to attack you, and then the family dog has so much love for his family and all that stuff that he gets back up and gets you. So that's exactly what happens with the rooster here. So the shot to clear basically wins the battle against the gamecock. And then the Chanticleer turns to the crowd and is like, Is there no one else? And then okay. when when it's when it's quite literally peacocking or Clearing in this case, the Gamecock comes back, blindsided, Gamecocks twenty four to ten.
1: Wow. You know who this is a big moment for? The dude who wears the mascot outfit, costume, whatever, at the game itself. Because you literally have two humans dressed up as giant roosters. Right. Like, that's a big moment. Like, oh, shit. Like, I can't, I, I'm top rooster. Mascot, you got to have fun gotta. with that. Yeah, they got to be, like, pecking each other and shit.
2: <laughs> a lot of pecking.
1: Ripping flower, ripping feathers off each other. Whoa. So, who are you taking? So, you're taking Chanticleers? Underdog story?
2: No, opposite, the Gamecocks.
1: All right, I'm taking Chanticleers. Good. Next up, I got the Central Mis- Michigan Chippewas versus TCU Horned Frogs. Yeah. A bunch of Native Americans versus a bunch of frogs. Who are you taking first, and then I'll give you a little insight.
2: I I mean, this is easy.
1: Yeah, we got The Horned Frogs. Smart call. You're smart you man. Are you kidding Jake. me? Are you kidding me? There are some Native American tribes that thought of the frog as godlike symbols, the coming of spring. I'm one of those tribes. They respect frogs. And then there's other Native American tribes that saw frogs as the spawn of the devil and that they could put spells on you. And, like, so either way you put it, a Native American ain't fucking with a frog. They're either staying way away or they're, like, worshipping it. So the frog is always beating the Native Americans.
2: Chippewas, cool name. How'd they yeah. come up with Native American names back in the day?
1: Oh, they just like move their mouth. Oh boy, I don't know, man. How do you come up with any name? I don't know, man. That's what it's. it was. The that was the question. There's actually a podcast I listen to on, on the history of language and shit like that. But oh. it's very confusing. Oh! <laughs> <It's laughs> so very sorry
2: confusing. for asking you, guy that <laughs> listens to podcasts on the history of language of how the Chippewas got their name.
1: It's very confusing, dude. But it's, it's interesting. I like linguistics. I don't want it to stress you out. This next one is just kind of a warning. Sure. The Fairleigh Dickinson Knights, shout out t Connecticut, where I was born, versus the Holy Cross Crusaders... If you're not Christian, don't go to this game, for real. Because mm. uh, knights and crusaders, when they you know when knights become crusaders, that means if you're not Christian, you're dead. So this is an all-time trap job f- from the knights and the crusaders. You think you're going to a game where they're going to play each other, right? You sit down, they lock the gym doors, they turn all the uh, bright lights on, you know the Jews and non-Christians in the room. And just slaughter them. And I i don't want anyone falling for this trick. So don't go to the Fairleigh Diggins and Knights versus the Holy Cross Crusaders game if you're not Christian. Recipe for disaster.
2: You have a few friends that went for Holy Cross, so I'm going with them, Jim.
1: Well, I was born in Teaneck, so I'm going with the Knights. All right. You got a... Uh, I don't
2: know about the whole slaughter thing you talked about.
1: The Crusades, man.
2: Oh, I know that, but...
1: Yeah do
2: Fort Wayne, the Mastodons versus the UMKC. They get a lot of love on this show. Got beat by UConn. The University of Missouri, Kansas City, Kangaroos, Jim. Big game.
1: Huge game. A Mastodon is fucking crushing a kangaroo. You kidding you me? You think? Yeah. Do you were you a Power Rangers guy? Oh yeah. Yeah. Which one was the Which one was the Mastodon?
2: The Mastodon. Uh, was it Was it the Red Ranger? No. Or, no. No, that was the Black Ranger.
1: Black Ranger, I think y- I got it. Yeah. Right. Morphin Time! Dragon Sword! Mastodon!
0: Paradox! Triceratops!
1: Red was Tyrannosaurus, black was Mastodon. No, it was nice. funny. It felt like,
2: because obviously they came together, they built the giant thing, and that was, you know, everyone in the 90s, like, little boy's first boner, basically. Mm-hmm. The Mastodon felt like if he was alone, he was the only one that could take care of things by himself.
1: Uh, Pterodactyl, pterodactyl with the power of the skies up there as well.
2: Right, but it couldn't really attack. Like, it could survive and advance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the Mastodon was out on its own, like, it could still patrol the streets and do fairly well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mastodon if
2: So, Jimmy, like we always do on this show, if you were a kangaroo, uh-huh. what's your game plan against
1: the Don? I mean, Mastodons are huge. You, 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 let's say this is a red kangaroo. Those are the huge, beefy fighters. Sure. Uh, they... Against humans, they kill them with one kick of their back legs. Right. And they claw out their guts. That's how kangaroos attack. But, I mean, a mastodon. Yeah. You got to hop in, claw out the guts, hop out. But the mastodon's got the horns, got the trunk, like side attacks, maybe like a dolphin to a shark.
2: Yeah, so you're just not using your brain, Jim.
1: Jump on top of the mastodon, attack it from the top down.
2: So you hop around because you're a kangaroo. Mm -hmm. You have a little joey in your pouch. You throw the Joey with a knife in the Mastodon's ear, and he just goes to town in there. Okay, big tree falls hard.
1: Big tree falls hard.
2: That's the kangaroo's only shot. They get stomped. <laughs> they get stomped. Mastodons,
1: by a Mastodon. mastodons, crushing. Mastodon's and then you
2: got, a good mascot, man.
1: Yeah, you got the Raging Cajuns versus the Mountaineers, oh. and I'm taking a Raging Cajun. I mean, Mountaineer doesn't even touch a Raging Cajun.
2: You They're don't think leave so? Leave that guy
1: alone. I'm gonna leave that guy alone. Raging Cajun, yeah. That'd be a, that's
2: a sneaky one in the mascot not, battle,
1: not to be trifled with.
2: Mountaineer, yeah. A that's sleepy, tough. a
1: sleepy Cajun. I'll take the Mountaineer, but Raging Cajun,
2: the Raging Cajun. Yeah, that's one of those a strength is a weakness too. I'm I'm seeing some matchups where the Cajun is overzealous and like just gets destroyed by a bottlenose dolphin or something like that.
1: We'll see, if, we'll see if that comes up. All right. That about ends the show. You got anything, any last words, Jake, this Friday show? Thank you for spending another week with us on John Boy and Jake Radio. We'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, get those T-shirt reviews in if you want to want to be in the contest. And you just want to help us out. I mean, even if you don't want a T-shirt and you're just like, hey, I do enjoy the show, I'll help you guys out. That'd be cool.
2: Yeah. And any anything jumping out that you're watching this weekend, Jim? Are
1: you doing? I'm going Christmas tree shopping tomorrow. Pretty nice. And I'm going to set the house up for Christmas. I'm excited about that. That is pretty nice. Uh, no, I got no games or anything. I'm gonna watch just whatever's on. Games. I told you, tweet me, tell me what games you're watching so I can watch them with you.
2: Yeah, there's there's the college football conference championships. There'll be NFL games, and like I just said, the uh the Mets are getting 60 mil in that canoe trade, so his contract's actually gonna be like five years, 12 mil per year. So the Mets kind of did good.
1: I am on the side that the Mets kind of did good here.
2: Yeah, so congrats to the Mets. Brody Van Wagenhagen.
1: Brody, his first good thing. Brody Van Wagenhagen. Brody Van Wagenhagen. See you guys.
0: friends seriously that i white like the best night ever this song